You are listening to the Kensington Church Podcast, recorded live in Michigan. To learn more about Kensington, visit kensingtonchurch.org. Good morning, Kensington. How are you guys doing this morning? Well, you are definitely more rowdy than the 9 a.m. service. Welcome to those of you that are joining us online. I know we're the featured campus this morning, so a very special welcome to those of you that are joining us online. So this is week two of us focusing on a beloved passage of Scripture that has brought comfort to probably billions of people, and that's Psalm 23. And just get us started, we're going to sing a song that was actually written by one of our own worship arts directors, Tatiana, over at the Birmingham campus. A beautiful song that just declares what Psalm 23 is. And so we're going to ask you to stand with us, and I know it's a bit of a new song, but as you catch on, I ask you to sing it with us. So here we go.
we're going to keep singing because in light of everything that we just sang from Psalm 23, we purpose in our heart to praise him for what he's done. I count on one thing. The same God who never fails will not fail me now. You won't fail me now. Cause in the waiting, the same God who's never late is working all things out. Is working all things out. So we say, yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley. Yes, I will bless your name. Sing it together. I count on one thing. The same God that never fails will not fail me now. You won't fail me now. In the waiting, the same God who's never late is working all things out. He'll work it all things out. Take a minute and get around, spread some love, say hi to someone you didn't come with this morning. We have some exciting news we want to share with you about Midweeks at Troy. Starting in September, we're no longer going to be in this room because we are moving locations and we wanted to let you know what's going to be happening. We're going to be starting right here in the lobby by having dinner together. As a community, we want to grow deeper in our relationship with one another because we believe that we truly are better together. We often live at a pace that is destructive. And it's not the frenetic pace that's the problem, it's what gets pushed out of our lives, which is our life with God. So we're gonna open our chapel doors 15 minutes early, that way you can spend some time to slow down and reflect God before the service. 
You can pray on your own or you can listen to our guided meditation. Historically, midweeks here at Kensington have always been a very special time. We spend extended time in worship, we dive deep into the scriptures, and we're gonna do that right here in this room in the chapel. But the difference that I'm excited about is that this space is so intimate and it brings us closer together. And as a dad, I'm always looking for opportunities to bring my kids into worship and into hearing the scriptures together with me. And so I'm really excited to say that for the first few moments of our midweeks here in the chapel, the kids are gonna be with us. And then about three or four songs in, we'll break and let the kids go to their own ministry at K-Kids. And so we're really looking forward to having midweek here in this room. And we truly believe that God is committed to our transformation. He wants to transform our lives so that we would then go out and transform the world. And in order for this to happen, we need to be connected, most importantly to Him, but also to one another. And so in this next season of midweek, we wanna invite you to show up in person because we're not gonna be streaming these services. Our weekend services will still all be streamed, but midweeks here at Troy will not be. And so we hope to see you on September 14th, six o'clock out in the lobby for dinner and 6.30 right here in this room for the service. See you then. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. So glad to see you. I say, want to say welcome to all of you here in the room. For those of you who are streaming wherever you are, grateful that we can be gathered and connected in this way. And I am really looking forward to our next midweek on September 14th. As we just saw, we are making this shift because one of the things that we truly believe is that God is asking us to use this time really to go deeper. And deeper not only in our connection with one another, but also deeper in our relationship with God. And so we believe that in making this shift, we're going to be moving in that direction. And so we'd love for you to join us on September 14th. And we're going to be actually starting at 6.30, as you heard. And that time change is really for it to be a little bit more family friendly. And so if you have children, we'd love for you to come together as a family. And we're also going to be providing kids programming on that day for birth all the way through pre-K. And then in the later months, we're hoping to also have elementary age appropriate programming as well. And so we hope to see you there September 14th. 6 o'clock for dinner, 6.30 for the service over there in the chapel. And so if you have a phone right now, whether you're here in this room or whether you're watching on stream, I want to invite you to take it out because we are going to be using our phones, some of us once, some of us twice. And the first group of people that I want to invite to use your phone are parents. If you are a parent and you have a child under the age of 18, we want to hear from you. And so we would love for you to take the survey and to use that QR code, which will take you directly to the survey, because we want to know how best we can serve you. And last week, if you were here, we rolled it out. But apparently it was not working. And so we fixed it. The platform that it was being hosted on crashed. So luckily for us, that happened last Sunday, but it works today. And so we'd love to hear your input as to how we can best come alongside of you, not only as parents, but also for your family as well. And as you're scanning that QR code, as you're filling out that survey, something else that I want to mention in regards to students and families that happened this past Thursday is in regards to our middle schoolers. In that out there on the East Lawn, we had this incredible event, definitely one of the highlights of the year for our students, and it was called Soak or Die. And there were more than, yes, it was an incredible event, absolutely. And so my wife was there. She's the middle school leader this year. My daughter was there as well. She's entering into middle school. There were more than 150 middle schoolers who showed up. And there was a 10,000 foot square foot slip and slide, more than 300 water balloons, one of which was thrown at one of our staff members, Haley's eye. And so she has a big black eye as a result. She's out in the lobby. You can check it out. And also there was more than 100 pounds of dye right there thrown. And so it was really, really an incredible way to start off and to kick off the year for our middle schoolers. And so if you are a middle schooler, if you are a parent of a middle schooler, uh, Breakaway is going to be starting on September 15th at 6.30. So we'd love to see you there. If you are a high school student or you are a parent of a high schooler, Edge is going to be starting on September 11th in the evening. And for more details, for more information, feel free to go to our website. And then also, for all of you who have phones out, this is the second part of when you are going to need your phone because today is our annual vote where we are going to be voting for our upcoming budget as well as our elders. And we've been talking about this for the last couple of weeks. And so if you would like more information on what we're actually going to be voting for today, all you have to do is go to our website at kensingtonchurch.org forward slash vote or you can go to the app as well. And so we want to invite you to vote 
this morning because after this service, voting will be turned off. And there are four different ways that we can vote and you can see it on the side screens. You can see the QR code right there. You can also vote via the app or you can go to kensingtonchurch.org forward slash vote. And at the very top of the screen, there is a button that you can press a link where you can go to vote. Or for those of us here in the room, if you do not have a smartphone, you can also go out to the lobby to a place called The Hub and you'll see people with bright orange shirts on out there and they will have iPads and you can vote there as well. But we would love your input. We would love for you to vote. And so we're gonna take the next few moments to do that. And then afterwards, I will be up again and we'll continue on with our day. But thank you for voting, everyone. Thank you for voting, everyone. I love that voting music. Thank you, Mr. Robles over there in the booth. And so hopefully that inspired you to vote. But hey, so thank you for being a part of the process. And if you are continuing to go through it, feel free, take the next minute or so and love for you to finish that as well. And so today we are in the second week of our series where we are looking at probably one of the most recognizable and well-known passages in all of the Bible. And that is Psalm 23. And these words were written by a man named David who was the second king of the nation of Israel. And in this psalm, one of the things that he talks about is that he tells us that God is our shepherd and that we are the sheep. And if anyone understood shepherding, it was David because this is what he did for years before he ever became king. And in Psalm 23, he paints this beautiful picture of what it means to have a meaningful and deep relationship with God. And when we look back at David's life in the scriptures, one of the things that we're able to see is that he experienced so much. He experienced the highs and the lows and so much of life in between. So he understood what it felt like to be on the proverbial, proverbial mountaintop of life. But at the same time, he also understood what it felt like to be in a deep, dark valley. 
And this next moment that we're going to be stepping into speaks to how we believe David felt when he found himself in one of those valleys. And my guess is, is that there are some of us, probably many of us here in the room and watching on stream who are in that same place. That when we look at our life right now, it feels like we are in one of those dark valleys. But at the same time, this next moment also provides us with a glimpse as to why we can have hope, even when we're walking through these seasons of our life. To walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Maybe the valley is the hardest season of your life when you were knocked down by a devastating loss. Or maybe it's not one season, but the whole way around the calendar again and again. And as you struggle to put one foot in front of the other, desperate to emerge from darkness. In the valley, I'm vulnerable. Predators wait, militaries ambush, landslides bury. Even my own thoughts stalk and attack. The shadows play out my regrets of the past and my fears for the future. In the valley, I'm alone. Not the kind of alone of wide spaces with growing green things and sweet breezes, but the kind of alone that's suffocating closed in, but by sharp, craggy walls of stone. How could I bear this valley alone? In the valley, I'm in darkness. Darkness that obscures all I seek and all I see, but it hides my next step, my own hand in front of my face, my destination. Has the dark swallowed the light? Is the sun still shining? In the valley, I'm exhausted. Bone weary and beyond soul weary. Even my cells strain with the effort to take another step on trembling legs. Waiting for the worn out collapse of it all. the weight of this world and I know that you can give me rest so I cry out with all that I have left let me see redemption win let me know the struggle ends that you can mend a heart that's frail and torn I want to know a song can rise from the ashes of a broken life and all that's dead inside can be reborn cause I'm one I know I need to lift my eyes up, but I'm too weak. Life just won't let up, and I know that you can give me rest. 
So I cry out with all that I have left. Let me see redemption win. Let me know the struggle ends. That you can mend a heart that's frail and torn. I want to know a song can rise from the ashes of a broken life and all that's dead inside can be reborn cause I'm worn my prayers are wearing thin cause I'm worn even before the day begins I'm worn, I'm worn. It's a beautiful song, but when you hear that word worn, wow, it just makes you feel tired. It makes me just take a deep breath out. And so often, that's exactly how we feel when we find ourselves in the dark valleys of life. As we feel like our heart is heavy in those moments and we feel like our soul is getting crushed by the weight and the worries of the world. And so often in these times, it feels like God is nowhere to be found because if he were with us, we wouldn't be going through what we're going through, right? Or at least that's what we think. But just because life is hard, it doesn't mean that we're on the wrong path. And today we're going to be looking at two verses in Psalm 23. And in these two verses, David reminds us that God is with us. And that just as he's with us in the green pastures and the quiet waters, when things are going great in life, when things are easy and comfortable and everything is going according to plan, that he's also with us in the dark valleys. When life is falling apart and we're just surrounded by pain and difficulty and heartbreak. And David understood this because he had experienced God's presence in both of these situations, God's care, his protection, his provision. And just as God was with David, he's with every single one of us as well. And this is the reason why we can have hope and confidence and why we do not have to be afraid, even in the darkest valleys. And so as we continue on, would you join me in prayer? So Lord, we thank you that we can live in a different way, God. Not because of who we are, but rather because of who is with us, Lord. And so we thank you, God, that today we're able to dive again into these incredible words that David wrote all of those years ago. Lord, they have such incredible wisdom for us today, Lord. Especially, Lord, I pray that you would speak to those of us who find ourselves in the deep, dark valleys, God, and where we need a reminder of who you are and the fact, Lord, that you are with us. Lord, we pray that you would speak to us as your people. We thank you for your care for us. And we pray these things in your son's powerful name. Amen. And so as I was thinking about today, one of the things I was reminded of was that growing up, I used to watch a little bit of boxing, and not necessarily voluntarily, but rather because I grew up and I didn't have cable in my house, and so I had these little rabbit ears on this television, and we got like three channels, and one of the channels just happened to have quite a bit of boxing on them. And so I learned a lot and actually came to appreciate the sport. But for any of you who are boxing fans or know anything about boxing, does anyone know what the shortest boxing match in history was? Anyone? Go for it. Forty, that's pretty close. That's not bad. It actually happened back in 2007, so 15 years ago. So you are not far off, actually. And it was definitely less than one minute, but it was less than 43 seconds. It actually took one and a half seconds. And it was when Phil the Drill Williams knocked out Brandon Burke in that time. And if you've ever seen the highlight of this, or if you do, it basically is these two guys come out of their corners, one guy gets knocked out, and then everybody goes home. Right? That's basically, it's like a blink of an eye and it's over. 
But on the other end of the spectrum, the longest boxing match in history, that one happened a number of years ago. It actually happened back in 1893. And it was between two men, Andy Bowen, as well as Jack Burke, lasted seven hours and 19 minutes. And what that means is it went 110 rounds. Started on Friday night, didn't end until Saturday morning. Spectators fell asleep. And it was officially ruled a draw when these two boxers were too dazed to come out of their corners. And honestly, can you blame them? Because imagine getting punched in the face for seven hours and 19 minutes, just over and over and over again. But when you think about life, sometimes life in certain seasons of our life, they feel like a 110 round fight where we're just getting punched again and again and again. And we're left asking the question, when is this ever going to end? And last week, if you were with us, we looked at the first three verses of Psalm 23. And in these three verses, David, King David, he actually invites us to spend time on a regular basis with God, getting to know him in green pastures and quiet waters in those seasons of our life. And the reason why he starts there is that this is what allows us to walk calmly and confidently when we find ourselves in these dark seasons of our life, which is so incredibly important. And that's really what we're gonna be diving into today. And so as we continue on today, one of the things that I wanted to do is that regardless of whether we're here in the room or whether we're watching on stream, I wanted to invite us, if we are able, let's all stand together and let's read the six verses of Psalm 23 together. And they're gonna be up on the screens. This is what David writes. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. You can all take your seat. Thanks so much. You guys sounded great. And so we're going to start off with, and we're going to really focus on verse 4 today and also touch on verse 5. But at the very beginning of verse 4, David tells us, even though I walk, even though I walk through the darkest valley. And shepherds in ancient Israel, sometimes, many times actually, they would have to lead their sheep through valleys in order to get to green pastures. And just so that we have the same image in our mind, this is what a valley in Israel looks like. And so this is just one of the valleys. And so as you can see, it's pretty steep along the side. There are lots of rocks. And these valleys were dangerous for shepherds and their sheep for two reasons. First of all, because of predators. Predators like lions and bears, foxes and wolves, as well as thieves, could hide behind any of those rocks and attack them at any moment. And they also had the advantage of high ground. But another threat to a flock as well as the shepherd was the, were, were, rock, were rock slides that could happen and also flash floods that could sweep through at any moment and take an entire flock out. And so imagine having to walk through, having to navigate a place like that. Forget the terrain. We're talking about predators and floods and all this kind of stuff could come through and just take you out as well as all of your sheep. And so for a shepherd, he had to really be keenly aware of his surroundings. And a shepherd also had to keep an eye out for anything and everything. And we've all been through seasons like this in our life, every single one of us, when we felt vulnerable and when we felt we were surrounded by danger and difficulty, challenges and obstacles that were all around us. Maybe it was when our health was failing or we were struggling with work. Maybe it was when our marriage was falling apart or one of our kids was dealing with something so heartbreaking and we had no idea how to help them. Maybe we were wrestling with an addiction or struggling with loneliness or despair. And I'll never forget, towards the beginning of the pandemic, there was one gentleman who lost both of his parents to COVID in four days. In four days, if you can imagine that. 
And I can't even think of, I can't even imagine what he was going through. And that one week he had his parents and then the next week in less than seven days, in just a matter of a handful of days, both of his parents were gone. And he was plunged into the deepest and the darkest valley of his life. And so what do we do? What do we do when we find ourselves in these seasons, in these places in our life? And how do we actually survive? How do we navigate these times? And more importantly, is it possible, is it possible to walk through with a sense of hope and confidence and with courage even? And what David tells us in Psalm 23 is yes, absolutely, it is possible. And I don't know if you noticed this when we actually read Psalm 23 together, but one of the things that happens is, is that in the first three verses, David refers to God in the third person. And then there's a shift that happens starting in verse four, where he then refers to God in the second person. And so we want to read verses two to five again. And this is what David says. And just those words are highlighted. In that he, he says in the third person, makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. And this is where the shift happens to the second person. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you, God, are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. And so what we see is, is that David makes this shift. He goes from talking about God, which is in the third person, to talking to God in the second person. Because we're more likely to talk about God when we find ourselves in green pastures and quiet waters and much more likely to talk to God in the second person when we find ourselves in the dark valleys of life. Because in the dark valleys, God becomes personal. He does. And you've experienced it and I've experienced it as well. In those dark valleys, we either reject him or we embrace him, but he becomes personal. And in the movie, Bruce Almighty with Jim Carrey, probably many of us have seen it. There's this one scene where after one of the worst days of his life, where he's gotten fired from his job, had a huge argument with his girlfriend, all these terrible things have happened in his life and in his day. He's driving down the highway and he's talking to God who he's basically ignored for most of his life. And he says to God in his car while he's driving, and this is the picture of that scene, he says to him, would you please speak to me? Would you please give me a sign? And notice he's referring to God in the second person, in this personal, in this intimate way. But then things even get worse for him because he gets into a car accident and then he gets out of his car and he's so fed up, he's so angry, he's so frustrated at God, he just lets God have it in probably one of the most memorable scenes in the movie. And he says to God, smite me, oh my, oh mighty smiter. And that's what he says, right? I didn't say it properly, but that's, those are the lines. And if you've seen the movie, you know that line. And then he continues on by saying, you're the one who should be fired. If anyone is not doing their job, it's you. And that's what he says. And one of the things that you notice in that scene is, is that he finds himself in the valley. And what he does is, is that he pushes God away. But even though he pushed God away, God became personal to him. Because he wasn't talking about God. He's talking to God in a very personal way. You, 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 you. And in the dark valley, God was personal to David as well. But David did something very different than Bruce in that movie. And that rather than pushing him away, he actually chose to embrace him. Because David understood something so important. He understood that just as God had been with him in the green pastures, he was with him in the dark valleys as well. And that changed everything for him. And that's why David was able to say, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. I won't be afraid. Why? Because you, God, the God of the universe is with me. And for David, being, into, being able to lean into God in his most desperate moments changed everything for him. God's presence changed everything. And this is a picture 
my two girls, and this is from three years ago, and it's when Eliana was eight and Mia was one. And there was this one night when we left our kids, including Isaiah, he's not there, not pictured, my son Isaiah, um, but we left our three kids with a sitter. And Robin and I went out. And when we got back, our sitter told us that Mia, for the longest time, refused to go to sleep. And that she was in her crib, crying, screaming, banging on the rails. And the reason was, was because she was afraid. And she was afraid of the dark. And more afraid because her parents weren't there to help her. And so her sister Eliana, knowing that her sister needed help, actually climbed into her crib with her and laid with her until she went to sleep. And that her sister's presence in the darkness changed everything for her. And it also reminded me of a story that I read recently of a dad and a conversation that he had with his son, his young son who was afraid of the dark at bedtime. And he gave his son two choices. And he said, son, I can leave the light on and go downstairs or I could turn it off and I could stay with you. And his son chose presence with darkness over absence with light. And isn't that what every single one of us want? When we find ourselves in these dark valleys of life, don't we just want to know that someone is there with us and that we are not traveling this path alone? And one of God's greatest, greatest promises to us is that he says to us, I am with you and I will never, ever leave you. There is not one single situation. There's not one valley. There's not any type of darkness where I will leave you. And in fact, one of the final promises that he gave to his followers was exactly that. And he said to them, and surely I am with you. And he doesn't say I'm with you occasionally, I'm with you when it's convenient for me, but rather he says, I am with you always to the very end of the age. And so God's, pre God's promise to us is that he is present with us. And especially during those dark seasons, when we choose to lean into him, when we choose to go to him like this, understanding that we cannot do it ourselves and we need to receive from him, it truly changes everything. One of his greatest gifts to us. And one of the ways that we're able to see and be reminded of God's presence is through the people around us. Is that sometimes we may think we're alone, especially in those seasons, but when we just look around, whether it be family members, friends, coworkers, neighbors, whoever it may be, we are reminded that we are not alone. And one of the greatest privileges that we have is to be the physical embodiment of God to the people around us and to the world every single day. And later this week, Jay Lucarelli, who's our director of Global Partners, as well as our, one of our teaching pastors, Sam Anderson, they're gonna be going to Nepal to meet with one of our global partners there. And his name is Ramesh Sapkota. And Ramesh is probably one of the most extraordinary leaders and human beings I have ever met because he has devoted his life to rescuing young girls from human trafficking. One of the deepest, darkest situations I've ever seen. And that's what Ramesh and his organization, and his organization does. And when they rescue these young girls, these girls, what's communicated, the message that is communicated to them is that God sees you, that God loves you, and God is with you. And one of the things I was reminded of is that we as a community, we as a community get to be a part of that. Even though we're thousands of miles away, that we get to be a part of rescuing those girls. When we pray for them, when we give, when we send people there as well, it really is a beautiful thing. And so one of the things that we also wanna do right now is we also want to receive our offering as well. And something that I want to remind all of us about is that this moment is not primarily about money. It really is about mission and participating in what God has called us as a community to do. And one of the things is providing clean water for the Pokah people in Kenya, rescuing young girls in Nepal, as well as coming alongside people here in our area who so desperately need hope and healing as well. And so if you would like to partner with us, you see it on the side screens. There are a number of ways that we can do so. And we can text the word Kensington to 77977. We can give via the app or the website. And for those of us here in the room, there are also boxes at every entrance and every exit, and we can place our offering in there as well. But thank you for your partnership and thank you for your open-handedness. And so going back to the Psalm, how David ends verse four of Psalm 23, he says that even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. I will not be afraid. Why? Because he is with me. His rod and his staff, 
they comfort me. And the rod and the staff were the principal tools of a trade for a shepherd in ancient Israel. And what a rod was, it was like a mini baseball bat, probably like two, two and a half feet long. And it even for some shepherds, it would even have pieces of metal, sharp pieces of rock on the end. So if a predator came, a shepherd could really do some damage with that rod. And a staff, as you see there, was probably, was definitely a little bit longer, maybe about five feet tall. And a shepherd would use a staff as a walking stick, but also there was a crook or a hook on the end of it. And he would use that staff mainly to guide his sheep to certain places, but also away from certain dangers as well. And so one of the primary functions of a shepherd's rod and staff was to protect his sheep. And so when David says, when David talks about the rod and the staff, what he is saying is he's telling us something very, very important about who God is to us. And he is saying that God is our protector. That when he is with us, he doesn't just simply exist with us, but he also protects us and he fights for us. And one of my favorite movies growing up was The Lion King. And I love that movie. I don't even know how many times I actually saw it on VHS way back in the day. But there's this one scene, if you know the movie, there's this one scene towards the beginning of the movie where Simba is just a young cub at this point. And he and his friend Nala get into a heap of trouble where they're surrounded by all of these hyenas who are probably going to hurt them, maybe even kill them. And so what Simba does is that he's trying to defend himself and his friend. And so what he does is that he puffs his little chest out and he tries to let out the biggest, fiercest, loudest roar that he can muster. But he's just a little guy. And so what comes out is like, roar, right? It's like, it doesn't intimidate, doesn't strike fear in anyone. And it's more funny than anything else. And all of these hyenas are just laughing at him. And so he finds himself still in this situation. And so he has to do something. And so he tries to roar again, but this time, unbeknownst to him, his father Mufasa is there. His father is with him. And so Simba roars, and when he roars, Mufasa simultaneously roars, and what comes out is this powerful, intense, ground-shaking roar that causes his enemies to shudder. And then his dad jumps in, and he basically cleans house, and all the hyenas run away. And the reason why this was able to happen wasn't because of Simba, wasn't because of his strength, wasn't because of his ability, but rather it was because of who was with him. And the fact that his father was there, his protector was there. And like Simba, we have a father as well. He's our heavenly father and he is with us and he protects us. And he's not just powerful, he is all powerful. And he's not just with us sometimes, he is always with us. And he promises, I will never, ever leave you. And when we understand this, that when we understand that this is the one who walks alongside of us and also lives within us, it changes the way that we live and it changes the way that we move through certain seasons of our life. And so this is what David says in verse 4. But at the same time, he continues this on, this idea on in verse five. And he says this in this final verse that we're gonna be looking at. He says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. This is the picture that David is painting for us. He's sitting at a table. And imagine just sitting at a table by yourself and you're surrounded by the greatest enemies that you have in life. They're all around you 360 degrees. And these people are people who want to hurt David, probably want to kill David. But this guy is sitting there not even breaking a sweat. He's at total peace. He's lounging around, eating and drinking. And that there is chaos happening all around him, but there's total calm within him. And the reason why David is able to experience this is, again, just like Simba, it's not because of who he is. It's not because he's talented, as great of a warrior as he was. There's no chance that he could have survived that. But the reason why he's able to experience this calm and this peace is because of the one who is with him. The God of the universe who is with him, protecting him and giving him everything that he needs. And so this is the question that I wanna ask all of us today. It's a question that I have been wrestling with this week. Do we actually believe this? Do we actually believe that this is the God that we serve? Do we actually believe that this is the God who is with us? Because if we truly believe this, 
then what it allows us to do, it allows us to move through seasons in our life with hope and confidence, knowing that ultimately it's going to be okay. And when I say that we have this assurance that it's going to be okay, it doesn't mean that we, th- that we believe that we're going to be immune from pain and suffering and heartbreak. Because if you've lived in this world for more than a second, you understand that that is absolutely impossible. This side of heaven, we will experience those things. And when we say yes to following Jesus, oftentimes our life gets more difficult, not less. That is not what I'm saying. But rather this hope and confidence that in the end, it'll be okay is this assurance that because of what Jesus did for us, that the story ends well. It ends well. And that is what we can fix our eyes on and that's what we can look forward to. But this is also the thing, that if we actually want to live like this, it requires something different for us to do. And one of the incredible things is that we read in this passage that we're looking at today. In verse four, he says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, guess what? I will fear no evil. I will not be afraid. And is it actually possible to do that? Is it possible to move through life and not be afraid? And this is what I want to say about this, because there's so much misunderstanding about fear. In that the the most frequent command that God gives us in the scriptures is that he says over and over and over again, do not be afraid. But when he tells us do not be afraid, he's not telling us don't feel the emotion of fear because guess what? That's impossible. It's it's impossible not to feel fear. It's not human. It's against our God-given design. Just like it's impossible not to feel, feel joy and happiness and sadness and disappointment. And unfortunately, some of us have been told that if you feel fear, what that means is a lack of faith. So you got to choose one or the other. You can't feel fear as well as faith. And let me say, I believe that is a total lie. It is absolute garbage. If, that was, if there weren't any kids in this room and watching on stream, I'd probably use even stronger language. But that is not what God is saying. When he tells us, do not be afraid, what he's saying is don't be paralyzed by fear. Don't allow fear to do that to you and move forward into what I have for you and taking a hold of that. And so when David says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. I will not be afraid. What David is saying is, I will not allow fear to paralyze me and prevent me from focusing on you, my shepherd, and moving forward and following you to where you you want me to go. That is what he's saying. And we can live like that. You can live like that. And I can live like that in a totally different way. Not paralyzed, but free. And we can live that way. It's a very, very different way than people in this world. But let me say this, that if we truly want to live this way, it doesn't come naturally. And it really goes back to what we talked about last week. Because if we actually want to live in this way, which is free and having trust that we're not alone, because the God of the universe who is greater and more powerful than any darkness, any circumstance we can ever face is with us. If we actually want to trust him and say, I'm going to focus on you and follow you, it requires us to spend time with him. And that is really, really hard and especially when we find ourselves in these dark seasons of life. Because in these dark valleys, it's so easy for us to get caught up and distracted and focused on all the wreckage and all the pain that's around us. But what God invites us to do as our shepherd is he says, look up, look up. Don't be focused on these things around you. They are real and they are there and it is hard, but look up and focus on me and follow me because I'm gonna lead you to a different place. I'm gonna lead you to a greater place. And that's his promise to us. But if we wanna continue to focus on him every single day, it requires us to go to him and to say, I wanna spend time with you. I want to know you. I need to be reminded of this truth because I will forget it throughout the day. So would you please remind me? And one of the great ways that if you wanna take a step in doing that this week, One of the great resources that I want to recommend to you is a devotional that we actually created exactly for this series. And you can actually access it right now. And today is the day of the QR code. So you know what? Get out your phone. It's the third QR code of the day. So scan this one as well, right? When you go to this site, there are devotionals that you can access it, both written and there's an audio resource as well. And there's also a song there. There are tons of resources there. 
And I've been doing this this week. And one of the things that I have taken away every single day is the thought for the day. And today on day six, it was this idea of contentment. And this is my hope. And this is my desire for us as a community, that we would live in a different way in this world. Not because of who we are, but rather because of the one we follow, the one who is with us, the one who lives in us. And because we follow him and because of what he did for us on the cross, it not only changes the way we live in the present, but it also changes what we can look forward to and the hope and the confidence that we can have. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. So Jesus, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that we are not alone in this world, that you are with us, that we do not have to be afraid and not the emotion of fear, but we don't have to be paralyzed by that fear and that what you did on the cross, it freed us. It freed us to live the lives that you have created us to live, Lord. And so especially for the people who are just going through that dark valley today, God, I pray, Lord, that you would remind them of this powerful truth that they are not alone and that the God of the universe cares for them, provides for them, protects them and gives them everything that they need. But at the same time, Lord, also help us to be the physical embodiment of who you are to the people around us who are hurting. Give us eyes to see them. Give us a heart and a desire and a passion to love them as well and to be your light and to be your life in this world. And so we pray all these things in your name. So we're going to end our time together by responding to the beauty of this reality that the Lord is our shepherd. And whether right now you're experiencing the mountaintop and all the joy of the mountaintop, or you're experiencing the valley, the shadowed place, the sadness of the valley, this next song that we're going to sing just says, whether I'm on the mountaintop or in the valley, I'm going to praise him because he's worthy, because of everything that he's done. And throughout the course of this song, I just invite you to let the words wash over you. But as the song's going, if you feel nudged to just stand, uh, I just want you to know that you're free to do that. Or if you need to just sit there today and listen to these words, you're free to also do that. So I just want to invite you into this moment with us. Does your kindness extend the path 
from where your feet rest on the sunrise to where you sweep the sinner's eyes. And oh, how fast would you come running if just a shadow me through the night? Trace my steps through all my failure and walk me out That valley hill called Calvary Before the one I called Good Shepherd Who like a lamb was slain for me So I will praise you on the mountain I will praise you when the mountains in my way you're the summit where my feet are. So I will praise you in the valleys, all the same. No less God within the shadows. No less faithful when the valleys be astray. You're the heaven where my heart is. In the highlands, in the heartache, all the circumstance, every situation, we lift us to you are, we say praise the Father, praise the Son, praise the Spirit, three God of glory, majesty, praise forever to the King of kings. Everybody sing praise the Father, praise the Son, praise the Son, praise the Spirit, praise the 
So as we leave today and go into a brand new week, that we go with that knowledge and that assurance that the King of Kings, the God of the universe walks with us. And so, hey, thank you so much for being here, everyone. If you have not voted, you can still vote. It'll be open until 1230. You can also vote at the Hub. And also our prayer team will be down front for anyone who would like to receive prayer. But thank you and have a great rest of your Sunday, everyone. You've been listening to the Kensington Church Podcast. If you've enjoyed this recording, check back weekly for new content. You can find Kensington on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and of course, at kensingtonchurch.org.